what is up? Welcome to Bringing the Backups. I'm your host, Eric Helwig. It's Super Bowl review time. Hell yeah, the first ever official episode of the podcast with no backup quarterback, baby. And oh, I thought about it. I thought about having David Klinger. All right, I thought about, uh, I don't know, other dudes. The point is, is I was like, you know what? It's the Super Bowl. I'm going to have two guests on, one from the Rams and one from the Bengals fandom. All right? And that's what I did. So on the show today, I'm talking with Rob Stern. Uh, He is a writer for the show Adventure Beast on Netflix. Very funny comic. Returning guest on the show. And I also have Andrew Paulson. He is a writer for American Horror Story, also a musician. He is a Bengals fan. Rob is an adopted Rams fan, betrayer of his New York Giants. Moved to L.A., roots for the Rams as his secondary team when the Giants suck, which has been the last 15 years. So with that, two guests, two perspectives, the winner and the loser from the Super Bowl. We talk all that stuff. Uh, For me, by the way, if you're a fan of my comedy, you can see me in Santa Barbara at the Night Lizard Brewing Company at 630. That's coming up on February 19th. And then I will be in Hawaii on April 24th, 25th, 26th for the Aloha Comedy Festival. Dates are available at erichelwig.com. Please visit there. And as always, if you're a fan of this show, please review us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to support right now. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. Grab your gear and lace it up. Helmets on and cup your nuts. It's that time you know what's up. Here we go. Bring in the backup. Welcome to Bringing the Backups. I'm your host, Eric Helwig. Is the volume on? Can you hear me, Rob? Yeah. Yeah, I have Rob Stern in in studio today. Hey, everybody. Good, good. To, oh, Rob, hang on for a second. I need to close the soundproof blinds. Oh, okay. That's the whole reason I bought those. Rob, just vamp for about 20 seconds. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. Start the vamp now. All right. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, let me, um, I mean, we just watched the Super Bowl, so that's all I can kind of think about. And then we close the blinds. That vamping? I'm not good at this. That was, uh, one of the worst vamps (laughs) I have ever heard in my life. I like how you were lecturing me before it started about don't don't edit the podcast, and then we started with thirty seconds of you can't edit the podcast. Dude. <laughs> what, what's wrong with shit. editing the podcast? Because nobody cares, no, Rob. No, I, I hear this all the time. Like I've I've like some of the best podcasts you listen to, and it's like Joe Rogan goes for like four hours. It's like if people like you, they're not going to be like ooh, like the podcast isn't edited correctly, so I stopped listening. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, I don't know why I'm fighting with it. I, I agree with you that yeah. I shouldn't edit the podcast. It, it, look, if you can get people know the quality will improve, the more successful the podcast gets. But like, definitely anyone who's listening is a fan of you. Yes. So they're they're gonna enjoy like every aspect of it, and I know that because there are podcasts I listen to where 
those, uh, you know, do like have to go take care of something and they just leave the mic on. And it's like funny. It's almost fun because you're like, you know, you feel like you're hanging out with somebody. Yeah. Keeps that illusion alive. Yeah. They feel like they're in the room. Yeah. I mean, you know, as our society becomes more and more closed off and people begin to just sort of uh, become, you know, hermits and sociopaths like podcasts are going to be like one of the few ways that we maintain like social relationships. The Rams won. The Rams won. They were great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is our, uh, this, I want to know this, this is a, to let you know, this is a history making episode. There's no backup quarterback for this episode. Wow. I am just going to talk about the Super Bowl. Can I tell you something that happened briefly during this Super Bowl? Of course. So Joe Burrow, by now everybody knows, went down and almost came out of the game. It looked yes, like. he did. Everybody was like, "Oh my god!" First of all, there, I think everybody had the same thought. It was like, "Is that the one he just uh, got surgery on?" And yeah, it yeah. turns out it wasn't. So that was good. And then uh, I'm sure they shot him up with like. Or steroids and <laughs> gave him like an eight ball and we're like, go fucking win the Super Bowl. They showed him a, a voicemail of his dad telling him he's not going to make it. Yeah. They, just anything they could get. <laughs> just so you know, the mafia has your dog yeah. and is going to kill him if you don't win this game. Um, the um, But for a brief moment, Brian was like, we were like, who's the backup for the Bengals? And do you know who Brian for a brief moment thought it was and made us all, all of us think it was? Who did he, who did he say? He said, it might be Nick Foles. Oh my God. <laughs> if it was, if it if was we, Nick, Foles, Nick Foles, we would have heard about it. Okay. Because the whole country would be like, well, he's got to go in for the Super Bowl. I mean, that would be, if it was Nick Foles, that would be the greatest thing to ever happen in football. If Nick Foles won another Super Bowl. If they Super were Bowl. like, who's the backup? And it's like, um, I think they, it's Nick Foles, and then Nick Foles like comes in and wins his second Super Bowl. Oh, uh, that would make me very happy. Right currently, Nick Foles is in backup hell right now. Yeah. He's in third string. I just don't get it. I will never understand it. How you can have shown the ability to win the big one and then and and really win it. I mean, like perform at that level. Yeah, not like Brad Johnson or something where it's like good, but you know your team won it. It's like no, you. Nick Foles won it for them, uh, and and then just quickly be like relegated to the Jaguars. I think it's it's like the, it's like a narrative is made about you, and that's like that they just have a story that like Nick Foles only is good in this one run, and it's like I mean you go you remember that season where he threw twenty seven touchdowns and two interceptions in twenty thirteen? That was pretty good. Too. People, go, oh, that was Chip Kelly. And it's like, yeah, well, you think Chip Kelly sucks. That would be an argument that he's better yeah. than the 27 touchdowns and two. But whatever. We, I can't I, every, do this even, every, know, episode. every episode. Every episode. It can't be this. Yeah. We have to talk about the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, we just watched the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, you are a Rams fan. I'm a, uh, I am a Rams. I'm a hometown fan in that I am yes. a New York Giants fan. But when New York Giants are... <laughs> Whatever we want to call them, uh, it you know I just uh, I turn to the Rams and I I root for them and I basically root for them against anybody that isn't the Giants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, congratulations on the victory. I uh, 
I have a. You, uh, you've, you're not a hometown fan. You are an Eagles. I'm fan. the. Exa- you're, I'm, you're not only fan. that, I am a, usually the opposite of a hometown fan. I'm an Eagles fan, and then I will root for whatever will make the most people around me miserable. Oh, I think that the. I think LA winning will make the most people miserable. Well, how's that? I think most, at least, like a large port. I think, I think a large portion of LA is not LA Rams fans. So, like, I love that the Rams are winning in a town that doesn't support them anywhere near the low. Here's the really messed up thing is the Rams fans that I have met uh, generally uh, come from uh, not as affluent parts of Los Angeles. So it's like this weird thing where, like, the real fans of Los Angeles Rams can't really afford to be going to as many games. Do you? Think- I have zero facts based behind that i have only like my personal experience anecdotal anecdotal evidence but that's what it's felt like to me that there are people who grew up in la lived their whole life here were fans of the rams growing up before they moved away and then are fans of them now that they're back but when i'm i want to look up when the rams moved away let's see that it was like 80 la rams You're guessing 80. I'm going to guess they moved away in 1993. Yeah, it could be the 90s. That's true. Because they won this. Didn't they win in the 80s? They won the Super Bowl in the 80s or no? No, well, they won in St. Louis. I don't think they've won. I don't think they've they won. They didn't win in L.A. This is the first L.A. Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so here we go. They came back in 2016. Wait, they, did the Raiders win when they were in L.A.? They won no. The Super Bowl? Uh, did they? I don't think were so. Were they in Oakland before that? They were the, okay, here's a good question. What were they before they were the uh, Los Angeles Rams? Where did they actually start? Do you know the answer to this? They didn't start in Los Angeles? No, they started in 1936 and played until 1945 in a different city. 1936, 1940. Do you want a hint? Yeah. Cleveland. <laughs> they were the Cleveland Rams for 10 years. Before they were the Los Angeles Rams, and they left in '94, and they went to uh, yeah, they went to St. Louis, and they were and they obviously won in St. Louis with the uh, with Kurt Warner. Yeah, I have you watched the movie? Teams. By the way, I have not. I have to. I have to watch that movie. I have to watch it too. It's Kurt available. Warner you can buy it now. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna wait till it's free. <laughs> well, when's it gonna be free? I don't know. I feel like everything is free like very quickly nowadays. <laughs> I don't know. I might buy it. Everybody, uh, everybody at our job is like very. I'm, I'm a. It. I mean, he's got like the greatest story and one of the greatest stories. And no, well, that's why I thought I would assume you would have seen it because you're like you say Kurt Warner is your favorite. Was like your favorite football player. No, he wasn't my favorite. He was just. A, I was a big fan of his. I've always thought he was like a good dude too. Anytime I hear him talk about like even any non-football related stuff, I think he generally seems like a really genuine human being who like cares about and you like tend to agree with him on his pro-life stuff i mean you're a big fan of that no No, but i can recognize that good people and i can differ in views but i'd be like we would probably share a lot of values when it comes to how we treat other people yeah um he seems like i mean i just watch him on nfl network now you know what i noticed about him is like he's a very like broad-chested guy what do you mean? Like, like he's, he's a, a very wide man. Oh. Like, if you look at him, like, I was looking at a photo of him. It was like they were listing, like, the greatest Rams quarterbacks. 
and for some reason Jared Goff was close to him on the list, and I was like, Jared Goff looks like a different type of human. Yeah. Jared Goff's like this skinny little dude, and Kurt Warner, I'm like, oh, is that like those like 90s pads or something? He just looks like he has like huge shoulders. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Pause the podcast. Uh, Everybody, if you're listening to this, I want you to... Look up Kurt Warner. Look up Kurt Warner and just look at it just just like purely width. Yeah, yeah. take a second while you're doing that. um, We want to tell everybody, if you would like to call into this show at any point, you can. The phone number here, 323-716-6072. That is for the Bring in the Backups voicemail. In a few minutes here... Rob and I will be going through the voicemails from uh, the last two weeks. You guys have called in. We had a bunch of people call in. Yeah, you know what those it is? Be- he, I think he in particular had big shoulder pads. I don't think those are normal quarterbacks. He has he, he's yeah. He is wearing. He clearly liked huge sol- shoulder pads, which I feel like most quarterbacks don't. Because yeah, I'm looking at both, but him on the Cardinals as well. He had huge shoulder pads. He wears giant shoulder pads. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a jacked dude also. But, yeah. But, like, if you look at him in a suit, he doesn't look, or like a regular shirt, he's not like he looks like. Can you pull up a photo of him shirtless? <laughs> my, my Google's going to be so weird. <laughs> Just trying to fuck up that algae for yeah, you, Rob. Kurt Warner shirtless. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of photos. Rob, why are you unzipping your pants? <laughs> What's going on here? Here he is. He's like, Acting all jack. I mean, he's jack, dude. Dude, look at that. Yeah, I, oh, my is, God. Pass dude. this photo over. Yeah. Why am I unzipping my pants? <laughs> he is jack. I, I was right. He's got, he's, he's like, he is broad. He's yeah. a broad-shouldered guy. What is this photo for? Oh, my God. I found one of uh, Terry Bradshaw shirtless, and I almost threw up. <laughs> That's tough. I mean, come on. He's an old man. Like this. He's an old man. And also... <laughs> and also, like, not that I have a better body than 70-year-old Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> like, you're like, ugh, gross. I'm like, ugh. He doesn't look too bad for 70. He doesn't look too bad. I mean, for anybody. No, if if it, that's very true. Um, you just, like, anytime, like, an actor ages, people go, like, oh, my God, that's Renee Zellweger and now. And you're still, like, like, better looking than 90% um, of And people, a million yeah. times better than the yeah. person saying it. Yeah, well, it's always. the same thing in sports. We're always like, oh, it's so sad. I remember when he was great. It's like he could still, like, destroy you in the court, on the field, whatever sport it is. Yeah, I remember uh, watching Roethlisberger this year, and he just has, he has, like, no zip on his passes. And I was like, man, this guy just, uh, he's showing his age. And then I And then I thought, I was like, I would have to like swing my full body weight like I was throwing a discus to complete yeah. a screen pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the ball's too big for my hand. Yeah. And the 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 best thing about like athletes being that much better is people are so shocked when they see them in person or if you ever get to like hang out with even like a D1 Athlete, have you ever just like gotten to play with like a D one like basketball yeah. player? Yeah, I've, I've I play pickup basketball, and there's they always have like one dude who played. We he was like the ninth guy off the bench at Gonzaga, in yeah. like before they were good. Yeah, and he's dunking, and you're like, there's yeah. a great YouTube clip of um, uh, oh, of uh, Jeremy Lin playing against regular dudes. 
because everybody's like he just looks so unopposed unassuming like he's not yeah you know he's like six three so he's like on the shorter side for the nba yeah like um and he you know he doesn't give off that he's like super jacked or anything like there's nothing that like screams at you that this guy would be um able to like dominate on the court but it's just such a great video because he's just it's just like, yeah, he's still. He's just ripping he's dudes still up. like a top 100 basketball player in the world. Like, you're still. That, that like, Lynn Sanity explosion was one of the craziest things in NBA history, I thought. At least in, like, as it long was, as I've been alive. You know. Um, to do it for that sustained amount of time. Yeah, it was very strange. It was very strange to see somebody hit a stride like that. And then people's excitement over it was, you know, uh, like. I think that it was it was just like kind of shocking to see somebody sort of out of nowhere, yeah, start playing at that level, you know. And it's just interesting too because we expect there's a guy I think it's Tommy Maddox or what who's a quarterback on Pittsburgh. I think, yeah, is yeah, that right. Like I remember him having a similar kind of streak where it was like out of nowhere, it was like oh this guy's still got some juice. Not only that, he's like playing like one of the best QBs yeah, in the yeah. NFL. And then I remember he like got rocked. I was watching a game and he got rocked, and it was like every game after he just played. You're like oh, this is why yeah. he was in the XFL. Yeah, like it just was like oh okay, yeah, it yeah, wasn't meant to be, but it was you know, it's still incredible. It's an incredible thing, and it should be celebrated whenever anybody <laughs> achieves something like. I mean, it's impossible. Yeah. To, you know, the fact that Jeremy Lin did that for even that brief amount of time was incredible. And then and then he won an NBA championship. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's right. I, that's easily forgettable, but he did. That was so cruel. You see, remember they, like, put together highlight clips? Did I didn't, you ever see that? No. Like, some asshole on YouTube was, like, the Jeremy Lin highlight reel from the NBA championships. <laughs> it's him like him like uh like standing up off his like chair and like sitting back down. And I forget. I just remember being like so. It's petty, but what can you do? Uh people on the internet want to have fun. Yeah, at the expense of literally anyone at any time. Jeremy Lynn gets to live on in lore forever. Like that's uh, he did something like just to bring hope to the Knicks. I was talking to a Knicks fan last night after uh after a show. And, like, it, they remind me a lot of, like, uh, I guess Washington Commanders fans now where the, the hopelessness of that fan base. Can we, can we talk about the Commanders? So everybody thought that they were going to be the Admirals. Yes. Did you see that? that but everybody, then, everybody thought that they had spoiled it and revealed that they were the Admirals. So I, I have a conspiracy theory. I believe it. they were going to be the Admirals. And I do believe that Dan, whatever is it, what's it, is it Dan the, Snyder? Dan Schneider was like infuriated that it got revealed and was like <laughs> so, so like the writers of Lost. He was like, just make it purgatory. Yeah, like he, yeah, like I think <laughs> he the, just was like, he was like, they don't know. It's the it's the it's the commanders. Yeah, these idiots, these idiots thought it was the admirals, but it was the commanders. See, you're dumb. You're all dumb. I'm smart. Like I, I, I don't know. It seems like it could be that. I thought they should have been the Federalist. I thought that would have been cool. Because they got the Nationals. They got Definitely the Capitals. Definitely not the Commanders. What about the Whigs? The Whigs would be amazing. The Washington Whigs? Are you kidding me? Why weren't they that? They should totally have been the Whigs. The Washington Whigs. You know what the problem, the problem is? Is that they, they forget that like some of the best like teams have these ridiculous names. 
And it becomes really like synonymous with the team. Like you should definitely be the Wigs over the commanders because the Wigs will eventually be cool if you start winning a bunch of games. Yeah. You'll find a way to make it cool. The same way the Lakers are the Lakers now. Like we don't even think of it no like we don't think of it as like what does it even mean? Like people who like lakes? It's Minnesota, like Lake Minnetonka or something. But what is a Laker? Is it someone who like enjoys a somebody lake? Somebody who somebody who who <laughs> swims in the lake. <laughs> I don't know. Get off my ass. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't coming for you. <laughs> this is my own podcast. Gonna challenge me. Um, Rob, speaking mm. of Jeremy Lynn going on a streak, I'm hoping you can go on a streak on this show because I have uh, I have a little uh, a little game oh we're gonna play here. Okay, all right. And the first thing I'm gonna do for this game is I'm gonna play some some music in the background. Perfect, perfectly suited quiz music. Yeah. Okay. You like this? Yeah. All right, great. Pets.com. Yeah, it does sound like a commercial. Mm -hmm. But whatever, this is going to be our game show music. So we're going to play a game right now. Mm -hmm. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't want to play the music. Uh, (laughs) No music. (laughs) It's just too fucking distracting. Um, So the game is, uh, who is that? Okay. You have to guess who the person is that's talking. Whoa. But I'm going to give you a hint. Uh-huh. It's either Scott Stapp or Whitney Houston every time. Okay. Okay? All right. So are you ready to play? And this has nothing to do with football. No. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> this has nothing to do with football. We, we will talk football later all right. on, all right? Of course. Scott yeah, yeah. Stapp or Whitney Houston. So Scott Stapp or Whitney Houston. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so focus up. Yep. Here we go. Here's number one. See, can you see? All right, let's get your answer. Okay, I gotta go on a limb and say it's a uh, uh, Scott Stapp. That is incorrect. Oh, it's Whitney. It's Whitney. Oh, wow. Very surprising. Yeah, she must have had like a bunch of coffee. It was, it was towards the end of her career. Her voice was kind of gone, and yeah, yeah I don't a, remember that phase. But yeah, well, over one. Okay. All right. Are you ready for number two? Here mm-hmm. we go. That I mean, that's definitely Whitney Houston. Yeah, that is Scott Stapp. Wait, what? You're zero for two. Uh, I wouldn't lie. I mean, okay. This is the this is the game. This is the laziest bit I've ever heard. Uh, Here's the third one. I haven't experienced uh, in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's 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 a, akin to a spiritual awakening mm-hmm. uh, in a sense, um, and you know, knowing. Uh, the underlying issue, which after it got flushed out, uh, was okay. Who was that? It's an interview clip. It's Scott Stamp. It's Whitney Houston. Okay. All right. Now we're gonna do uh, another quick one. How long is this bit gonna go? <laughs> but um, yeah, he 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 never liked the fact that people would say you're jealous of her. You're just jealous of her fame and her fortune and what she has and everything. And he would would get pissed off. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not it's not it's not abnormal. For a man to feel that way, the the person talking that clip is Bobby Brown. That's who that that's who's being referenced in that. Okay, if that's a little bit of a hint. I mean, based on everything that has happened in this game so far, I'm yeah. just gonna have to guess Scott Stapp. It's Whitney Houston. She was with Bobby Brown for years, and I kind of thought I was laying that one up for you. There's only a couple more of these. There's more? There's only a couple Eric. more. It, listen, it's Whitney Houston or Scott Stapp. I mean, they have completely different voices, so I, 
Don't get mad at me. Even if this game wasn't a joke, this is a terrible game. All right, well, here, just... All right. Okay. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. All right, who, who, who do you got? That's Ronald Reagan. <laughs> that is Whitney Houston. Okay. Come on, man. Last one. Mm-hmm. You should feel good about this one. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Okay. All right. Kanye West. That is Ronald Reagan. Okay. So, 0 for 6. Rob, <laughs> thanks for playing the game. Who's that? Scott Stepp or Whitney Houston? All right. I got to get better game show music. <laughs> The other look, the other bit we're gonna do later is okay. more is gonna be more football centric. All right. <laughs> all right. Did you like the Super Bowl? Did you guys have a good time? No, you were at a Super Bowl party watching. I did have a really good time at the Super Bowl. It was really fun. Um, the uh, we were doing the prop bets with you in. Uh, yeah, I won seven dollars and seventy five cents. It's more than that one. Yeah. Really? Yeah, we lost everything. You lost. Well, you mean like everything yeah, you own? Everything we bet, not everything. Did you bet like forty-five bucks? That was the max. No, we only bet uh, thirty-five. Is what we okay. Bet. We only bought one box because um, I don't know. You know, the boxes are so hard to win. There's so many. It's just random. It it's doesn't... so random. That's why I'm like, I always just buy one because it's just to me the same. It's like just random allotment, and uh, yeah, I had a two, so that was just never going to happen. Does the audience know? I don't know. Do you guys? I don't, do you guys know what boxes, boxes. are? It's, All right, boxes basically you get a number one through or like zero through nine, and uh, it's a grid, and so you end up choosing randomly getting assigned a box that has to that has the two numbers. Each is the last number in the score of each team. Yes. So I had two for the Rams and seven for the Bengals, meaning that the Bengals would have had to score a number that ends in seven. So let's say 27 and the Rams would have had to score a number that ends in two, let's say 12. Yeah. And uh, in order for a two, it would have to be basically either a safety or um, four field goals, four field goals or one. Two field goals is a touchdown and missed extra point. It's never in the history of the Super Bowl. Has, it Has that ever happened? No. Is it in a quarter for the whole game? Because 20- You get it for a quarter. So every quarter you, you get a yeah. chance. So you have like some chance. But I mean, once you have a two or once you have like a five, those are like, it's like it becomes chances. Yeah, you could also players. like miss a miss an extra point and then they tr- try to go for a two-point conversion to get it back and then that gets you to 12. So you could do it with two yeah. touchdowns without the missed. It won't necessarily you know, be two missed extra They almost had a returned, ex- uh, 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 returned extra point. I know. Play. Well, the announcers weren't like, when that play happened, they were like, oh, well, you know, whatever. That's not going to happen. I was like, no, no, those returns go all the time because the guys in the kick unit are not Nobody's prepared for that. Nobody's, and yeah. they're all like the backup offensive linemen. Yeah. Versus like a, a couple cornerbacks passing the ball back and forth. That can 100% go back. No, that really felt like it was going to happen, too. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. like, that's. I was so happy lateraled. I like how lateraling feels more common these days. Like, I feel like I've seen it a, a few times this season. It should happen more on defense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. If you get the, like, I don't know. I mean, easy to say that but you like got a recovered fumble or interception and like you don't want to turn it back over yeah so. uh i thought that was yeah i to me i was like 
I thought they were going to score a touchdown on that play because, I mean, I watch a lot of college football, and I feel like every big rivalry game yeah. ends with, like, a Crazy missed, laterals. Yeah, yeah. Mi- or a missed field goal return for a touchdown yeah. or something like that. Like, that shit works in college football all the time. I'm also happy the Rams didn't wear those uniforms where the number fades. Man, that upset everybody. It's really the, not an the, like gradient fade or whatever you call it. Get gra- like, the yeah. gradient sucks. Yeah, it was very upsetting. It sucks. Yeah, I am with you on certain jerseys. I do think the Rams' old jerseys are are more fun. Oh yeah, I I did like the Kurt Warner era, like gold and blue. Like, I don't. The gold to me is too it, boring. Uh, the only time I like gold is if it's like the trim. Okay. If it's the if it's like a featured color, um, yeah. um, it's funny I'm people fan. don't realize how much like sports fans do talk about jerseys style. Like, like we don't sit down and watch uh, Project Chromeway together, but we will talk about like jerseys, jerseys all the time. As if like I don't know why. I think it's because it's fashion simplified, right? Like, yes. it, there's only so much you can do with it, so it's it's fun to like figure out what the most fun version of those are. Yeah, and it's there was a guy I, I did a show at the um, Chateau last night. Wait, t- today Sunday? Yeah, yeah, it was last night. And um, a guy was wearing a the old Eagles Kelly Green like Reggie White mm-hmm. jersey with like a bicentennial patch or something. And we talked about his jersey for like twenty minutes. And I was like, you know, this is like this is like our permission to talk about fashion. Yeah, I mean, you're allowed to talk about fashion. It's just a, you, for some reason you wouldn't you wouldn't be drawn. To, there's too many parameters in real fashion. Yes, like I, we would probably enjoy talking about fashion if we had any idea like what we were talking about, but we can't reference anything. But you and I can talk about the color of a numbers, the color of a trim, and the color of a jersey. <laughs> you you got to let yourself talk about some feminine stuff out there, guys. Like it's gonna make you feel better. You know, like we watched, uh, we watched. Uh, well, it's funny that fashion is considered feminine when it really isn't. Like, if you think about who are the fashion, like, like, like Mount Rushmore is, there's like maybe one woman on it. Like every every other. Who's the fashion Mount Rushmore? To me, I'm thinking you're thinking about talking about like designers. Yeah, like designers. Yeah, but it's all it's all gay dudes. Is it? Yes. Right. I don't think so. Calvin Klein. Well, Tommy Hilfiger, I remember, wasn't because he lived in like uh, in New York, and I remember like some people who like knew his family. Like, oh, so I don't think it's. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think it, even if not, it's probably just perceived that way to be more feminine. You don't think so? I don't know. It it seems like um, you know it's really funny. You know Andrew Lloyd Webber, obviously yeah. cats and everything. I. I told uh, um, uh, my gay friend that he wasn't gay, and he because he didn't know that Andrew Lloyd Webber wasn't gay. Andrew Lloyd Webber, what? No, he's gay, dude. Oh no, he's no, straight. he's gay. No, yeah, he's straight. That's not possible. <laughs> he's straight. That's can't, that can't be true. <laughs> he is the guy that wrote Cats it is Cats, straight. Phantom, everything. Yeah, he's straight. The, the we have to. Rob, thanks for coming on the show. Is that that's that's real? That's real, yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. God damn. And he's a billionaire. He's a billion of course. Dollars. I mean he made a yeah. lot of money on yeah. the second Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. 
<laughs> what was the second one? Um, oh man, it was like he's in. Uh, it's he's like Love Never Dies. Love Never Dies. Yeah, that is it. Something They're right. in Coney Island. It sounds like a 007 movie. Yeah. yeah, we uh, we saw no because we used to work at a, at a theater. Yeah, so we've, um, seen, we've seen some stuff. We saw Phantom at, together. Yeah, it was a hilariously it's really funny. Ba- hilariously it's crazy bad show. that it's a very that successful. <laughs> I love that we walked out of it. And we're like, it's basically Incel the musical. Yes, it's just like a dude being like, "Why won't you like me? I've stalked you." <laughs> my, music, <laughs> my music, my music. <laughs> yeah, bad show. Uh, I'm trying. We got to talk about the Super Bowl. Let's do it. I mean, what is there to say? I, I was like, um, I thought it was a good Super Bowl up until the. I didn't think the fourth quarter was lived up to how it felt like it was going to end. I thought we were about to see another like back to back marching down. The yeah, field, like, like Josh Allen. Yeah, and- like okay, both these quarterbacks are stepping up and bringing it. Um, I was happy that Cooper Cup got the MVP though, because he really is like. He's he's just incredible. I mean, he really is like one of the greatest wide receivers I've ever seen. Yeah, that last drive was when Stafford just kept going to him. It, well, here's what was great is that everybody was looking. We're like, as soon as Odell went down, it was like terrifying because anybody who's been watching the Rams all season, when as soon as they got Odell, it was like, oh my God, Cooper Cup just got opened up because all they have to do is just every play just have – them run in the opposite direction. It's like, who do you cover? Ode- yeah. Odell or Cooper? Like those are your two options. And uh, yeah, it was great. Um, and then as soon as he went down, you saw this huge, like you saw why they needed Odell so much in order to get them to the Super Bowl Cause um, they really don't have another offensive weapon like that. I mean, I do think like they're, uh, I, I, do, I think their run game is, is fine, but, Man. And then, uh, so they stopped throwing it. They kept trying to run it. They ran for like negative two yards or something. Well, the Bengals Bengals defense stood up so hard. Amazing. I mean, everybody was like, uh, the defense is okay. They've had some good games, but like. They played like the best they've ever played. That was like a a thought of as a weakness. Yeah. And what, what the, yeah, the Rams had like less than two yards per carry. The starting running back was like 10 carries for nine yards. They stuffed him every time. I thought. I mean, I was like, I thought that I thought it was lining up for the Bengals. To be honest, I was uh, I was a hundred percent. Joe Burrow's about to go score a touchdown with ten seconds left. Maybe it was like the, the everything else that happened in the playoffs leading up to it, just like made me think. Oh yeah, it's easy to go down the field with eighty five seconds. I mean, and two it, touchdowns it just became the norm. This, these yeah, playoffs yeah. were incredible. Yeah. Good for Stafford, though, man. I mean, that was a that was a baller drive. I mean, uh, well, what I want to say. So, what was incredible is that after Odell went down, they lost all their confidence in trying to go for Cup because they were like, "Well, now we don't have anybody to take the pressure off Cup. Now they can double team him." And what was incredible is that it got down to the fourth quarter, and it was like, "Well, we have no other option now. Our run game is not taking off." We got to just try and throw the cup, even though he's double teamed. And it was like, like, I hope it. I mean, I'm glad he won the MVP because it'll put a spotlight on this. But to really look at it and be like, here's a guy who's getting double teamed. It feels like all is lost. I mean, the Bengals just felt it. Just the momentum just felt like it was with the Bengals for the majority of the game, and to to just have 
Matthew Stafford, it was just, it just felt like somebody on the sidelines just was like, fuck it, go to Cup. Just go to him. Who cares? Yeah. If we're going to lose, we're going to lose by going to our, t- we're going to have, we're going to be thrown to our Hall of Fame wide receiver and that's how we'll lose. And it was yeah. like, yeah, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame for a reason because he took down all those passes under double team. It was crazy. It was an amazing performance. Uh, I, I was glad that it, they didn't do as much. I like Stafford. I was glad they didn't just give it to the quarterback. Anytime a non-quarterback wins the MVP for the game, I'm excited. Yeah, because it did feel like that brief moment of like, well, who's who was like, you know, it, I mean, Cup is the clear like MVP to me, but but I can understand why someone would be like, I mean, you know, nobody had like such a dominant performance, and then they usually just. Give it to, yeah, they go, oh, let's yeah. just give it to the quarterback. Can't go wrong with that. What do you think about, uh, I mean, Stafford's, what, 33 now? Yeah. If he wins one more Super Bowl, I feel like he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, I feel like that's enough. I mean, he's not better than Eli Manning? Um, would his career stand up if he wins one more? I feel like I feel like he's one Super Bowl away from. I, yeah, being I think like if he won in. another Super Bowl, he would have a real shot. I do think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think no one would argue that he isn't. Uh, he, I, I mean, it, the the general consensus I feel like is everybody's like he did all this amazing stuff while playing for the worst franchise in the league, and. The second he got put on a team that was at his caliber, he won a Super Bowl. Like, yeah, there's no yeah. question he had it in him this whole time, and he just wasn't given the weapons and the tools to make it happen. Uh, I don't know how the Lions fans have to. I mean, I guess from what I, I gather, most of them are pretty happy for him because they were, you know, it's like you're a fan of somebody. It's like yeah. depressing. It's, it's like... You know what it reminds me of? The Lions fans. It's like the Lions fans are like Ben Affleck and uh, uh, Goodwill Hunting. If you're still here. Every day I come into this fucking stadium <laughs> and I hope to God you're not here. And the best part of my day is entering this locker room and opening you're not even. That's such a weird know. scene in that movie. It's like you wouldn't just want, why not just have him say goodbye like a normal human being? You just want him to disappear? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's, hey man, it's Southie. You just, yeah. you, you can't know it, man. It's just, it's, it's, just, a, it's the Southie way. That's just the way it is. Yeah. I, I saw, it is, I will say, I mean, famously, the Irish goodbye. That is the Irish goodbye. You just leave. Yeah. Is that you just leave? Yeah. Yeah. I do the exact opposite. I tell Liz, I'm like, let's leave this party. And then oh, two hours the, later, like, I'm saying, the, like, goodbye, saying to goodbye to everybody. And it sparks like 500 conversations. Updating people's Wikipedia pages yeah, yeah, and yeah. just no, really I, dragging I'm, it out. I'm a big fan of the Irish goodbye. I've gotten better now. I don't I don't really do it that often, but now. Because I feel like it's a very immature slash alcoholic thing to do. To just walk away. Yeah, just feel like I'm so drunk. <laughs> I gotta go. Like, um, yeah, now I, I'm good at the solid goodbye. Or I'll do or I'll, or I'll do the uh, group goodbye. You know, I'll head towards the door, turn around, and be like, "All right, guys, I'm leaving." We'll see. Well, you'll say goodbye to the whole group. Yeah, I'm 40, man. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so you'll just give a shit about you'll anything. just get bring like a uh, a bullhorn with you yeah. and just sound off a couple sirens. Uh, definitely, yeah. And go. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> Hope you guys have a good rest of the time. Turn off the music. I'm leaving. Everybody say goodbye at once. 
Goodbye, Rob. And then you're out. What are things that as you get older, you just know you're not going to give a shit about anymore? Because I do feel like sort of social norms have definitely just continually like gotten less and less. Local. You care less and less about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like what, who care? Like anyone that would care about the way you said goodbye is someone you just, it wouldn't want to be around anyway. The biggest, the biggest thing I, I honestly think is, uh, I guess it's like codependent is the word where like when I, if I meet somebody and I feel, and they're like, they're cold to me. I'm like, what, okay, what can I, what can I do to like warm them mm-hmm. up? Yeah. At least that's how I've been most of my life. Yeah, I know exactly. What you're and talking now about. when I meet somebody and they're like, Wah! I'm just like, fuck you. And yeah. I just walk away from them. Yeah. Those it's, it's that thing. I used to, th- this is a thing in my head where when people go like that phrase, if you just, once you get to know them, I'm like, Oh my God, you know yeah. what? I don't want to Yeah. I you know, find some other sucker to care about why you have to be an asshole for the first three months you know somebody. Like, it's just, I don't... And it's crazy that people, like, get that. Like, there's certain people who get that excuse and and then certain people who don't. And yeah, well, I, I it's pretty say, simple. If they're I hot, do, they get the excuse. No, it's not. Can I tell you what's really frustrating is, like, it's insulting to your friends who are respectful of you and respectful of your time when you clearly are willing to put in this much more effort into somebody like there are people who I I'm friends with who are friends with people who like won't give them the time of day. Yeah. And I'm like, I really don't think that if I treated you that way, you would, you would put up with it. But for some reason, this person gets to do that. So like, that's how I look at it from that perspective. This is a biblical story, Rob, you know what story this is. What's the story? This is the prodigal son. Oh, you know, the, are you familiar with the fable? No. What, what? So there's a, there's two sons uh-huh. and uh, they they work for their father. And one of the sons is like a really good worker. And the other son is, uh, you know, he leaves and he just whores it up and he spends all his money and he gets his dick sucked by prostitutes. And he he just he blows his load all over the town. And, and this is in the Bible. This, this is in the Bible. Okay. This is word for word. Okay. He's just... Uh, Jizzing left and right, he's and he jizzes himself out, and he's just destitute on the street. And then he comes back, and his father throws him a big party, and they they roast a lamb alive. It's screaming at the party. Yeah. Um, and then the father goes to the other son, who's pissed, and he's like, "Why are you throwing him a party?" Yeah, I've been like, I've been here working. I've been here time. working, you know. Mm-hmm. And the father's like, "Shut the fuck up! Your son's back." <laughs> Or your brother's back. Quit being a little bitch. That's the story of the prodigal son. It's basically There's that. No, is there any story? Like, what's the end? The end is like, this is what you're supposed to do. Is like, you're supposed to just like rejoice that the prodigal son has found his way back home and not say that you're owed something because you did the right thing the whole I time. I mean, Jesus, like, I don't know. That just feels... It's, just, it's, it's my... Yeah. My father, when I was growing up, said it was the hardest story he could get behind in the Bible. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't understand what that's supposed to, what the, I understand, like, worry about yourself, like, if that's the message. But, like, if party money and supplies are being spent on someone who hasn't put work in, yeah, yeah, you have a right to be pissed off. I think the, the moral of the story is uh, 
you should be good for the sake of being good and not thinking about the rewards that come your way. I guess, but and you and you should just be happy for your uh, yeah for your shitty jizzed out brother. <laughs> that's the, that's the real moral. And with that, Rob, uh-huh. I think we should get to some voicemails because we do have some voicemails on All the right. show. Um, we kind of talked about the Super Bowl. You were on as like my Rams correspondent, basically. Oh yeah, I probably should have told mean, you that well, forty we, minutes ago. Yeah, I guess I didn't do a good job. <laughs> no, you did fine. Uh, I mean, the Super Bowl is. Um, here's here's like here's what's your takeaway from the Super Bowl? Because mine my takeaway is I felt like uh, I was I was obviously rooting for the Rams, but I was also just really happy for the city of L.A. I felt like it was it was. Both the halftime show, the fact that the home team won in the stadium was great. And I felt like a lot of people who don't sort of, um, I don't know, I felt like they did a good job of representing like the heart of L.A., which isn't our, you know, Hollywood bullshit L.A. Like it's the South Central, it's Englewood itself. Like these are places. Where the stadium is, yeah. Yeah, like I feel like they did a good job of sort of, celebrating that tonight and then the fact that they won was like a cherry on the top on top and i don't know i love i just know there's a bunch of pissed off like non-rams fans and that makes me happy pissed off in la i LA. yeah i was i was feeling like i was very hopeful that the Bengals would win just because their story of their team and the fact that the Bengals are synonymous with failure I was like, oh, what a what a turnaround that would be when they literally won six games in two years leading up to this season, right? Yeah. So that that type of turnaround, you know, I was just rooting for, yeah, I was just kind of rooting for like the fans of Cincinnati a little bit. But I like the way you put it, like the fans of LA in that way. It's 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 a very rootable situation too. So I was, uh, to be honest, I was like, I'll be happy if either team wins because there's stories to root for on either side. It's I, I do like Matt. Uh, Matthew Stafford a lot, so I always thought he's. I always thought he was very underrated and kind of like maligned just because he was drafted by Detroit. And I appreciated that, like he was like a f- fucking tough guy in Detroit. Like didn't miss games, played hurt. Like he you think really, about- he really wanted to be the guy to bring a Super Bowl to Detroit. Yes, it and- just shows how flawed their their franchise is. I mean, at a certain point, what blows my mind is that. The, what what blows my mind about sports in general is that they're not a municipality. They are owned by single entities, by individuals. And these people, like, did you see the owner tonight of the Rams get up? No. He just had, like, a shitty suit on. Like, it just didn't fit him well, and he just looked like... Stan Kroenke? Is that the guy? I don't know. Whatever his name is. And he... um He just went out. He's like, oh, I'm very happy about my... <laughs> team where they, uh, these boys really fought and it's just like why the fuck <laughs> like why is sport like can't we this i don't know what we can do but it feels like this should be like the last thing i should see is some old fucking like guy who had got his money because his like great-grandfather murdered a bunch of native americans like that okay too. all right hang on look i, I, I let's not woke it up let's on the show up, baby look let's who else is, who else is gonna <laughs> woke 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 nation with rob stern look somebody with money has to have it i, I fine, like, fine but i'm saying like it's so crazy to be like 
here's all these people to be crazy. who made a miracle happen. And yeah. then this guy who honestly, like if his team didn't get the Super Bowl, who gives a shit? He would have been on Epstein's Island. Like, did yeah. you like, I like, uh, I am now rooting for Detroit because they got a coach who's like very, feels like a very tough guy. And then I saw the owner of the Detroit is like the daughter of the old Ford guy. And she seemed like a normal human. If, if the owner seems like just a little human. If you have even just any bit of humanity. Any bit and, yeah. of like, like you cry yeah. a little bit. Like yeah. it was, the, I saw like the Lions won their first game. Yeah. And like the coach picked up the owner and swung her around and yeah. she was laughing and giggling and high-fiving the players. And I was like, okay, at least real person. Yeah, I'm getting yeah, real there's a person little, vibes. Yeah, there's some, it's like the Lakers owner. Uh, what's her name? Is Jenny feel, Buss. Yeah, they, people like her too. It, yeah, if you can just do that. I mean, the, the Eagles owner is like that too. Jeffrey Lurie has got that like streak in him. Just be... And then that people go too far, like Mark Cuban. They're like, let's hang out afterwards. You're yeah. like, go fucking run the team, you rich psychopath. Stop acting like you're my friend. So, yeah, there's there's a balance to strike. But, yeah, I, I didn't see the... Uh, what's the what's the novel where, like, the kid has to go to the home of the crazy old woman? Mrs. Est- is it Mrs. Esterhouse is the name? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. There's some book okay. I read. Who fucking knows? We got to get to the voicemails. Okay. We have to. Shut up, Rob. <laughs> Bring in the backups voicemail. Derek. All right. You ready for some voicemails? Yes. These are the fans of the show. They uh, they called in. Thank you guys for calling in. I said the number before, but in case you would like to call in, you can. 323-716-6072. Leave me a message like these good people did. Let's get to our first caller right can here. Can I ask before that we get... Can yeah. you leave a message giving a review of my performance on this show. That would be great. I, I, and for real, be as brutal as you want. Cause honestly, like I, I think that I, uh, I, I don't get enough feedback from it. From your podcast. Yeah. Like I'm sure somebody goes on like a YouTube clip of me and insults my looks, but I mean, you know, real feedback. If you want to call in and say, here's things that I needed, you know, you, I needed to do. Yeah. You know, they I'll know, take it. They know the number. They know the number. We'll give it to them a third time at the end. They can call in and review. Great. Uh, let's get to our first call. Especially um, uh, any any of the comedy friends we have who I know would be more than happy to Rob, call if, in if under you, a fake name and say something <laughs> truly mean. Rob, if you interrupt me before I play this first voicemail, I'm going to call in with a bad <laughs> review of your podcast. All right, let's get to the first voicemail. Hey, Eric. My name's Danny. I'm calling in from southeast Louisiana. I'm a little behind, but I listened to the Bobby Avery episode recently. I want to shine a little light for you. In the Cajun culture, they call their juniors Little or T. So Bobby Avery's son is Little Bobby or T-Bob. He also doesn't have an accent like his dad because he grew up in Atlanta where Bobby Avery finished his career. And uh, Bobby did not invent the Houdat chant, but they do call him the founding father of the Houdat Nation. And uh, watch some videos of him cheering on the Saints is pretty funny from the press box. Love the show, man. Big fan. Bye. All right, Danny, thanks for calling in. Uh, that is a reference to, I think, two episodes ago. Uh, Bobby Hebert's son is T-Bob. 
I thought that was and now it. we know T T Bob is like, like it's, Will. A, it's a Cajun. Yeah. It's like yeah. a Cajun. That's great. Thing. I love that. Yeah. I did not know that. Now I do I wonder where that comes from. I wonder if it's like a French etymology. T, I, sh- I should be more familiar with it. My grandfather was French. I've never heard of that yeah. though. Um, you both have, you have two parents, two relatives who could have taught you how to speak fluent. Three, other lang- three other German, German French, French, and Spanish, and Spanish, and not one of them. Well, they all tried. Oh, I took did? all three. Okay. And it, neither, none of them worked. I took Spanish in seventh grade. I took French in eighth grade and I took German in high school. And it just and I was, never, it just, it just didn't take, I, I got the closest with German cause I was there for four years, but, um, and I grew, I also was born in Germany. So I had a little bit of it kicking around, but, but I just haven't prioritized learning a language. Yeah. Also, like, thank you for calling in, Danny. By the way, I like that he didn't get off his ride-on lawnmower before calling into the show. <laughs> uh, but appreciate your listenership. Uh, I do like that your listeners are definitely people who know way more about the sports. Uh, perfect. Like, it's great. That is exactly yeah. what I want. Let's get to our second call right now. Kiss I the NFL Riddler. <laughs> I have a riddle for you. What colors? Black. Rob, and the NFL Riddler calls in a lot. I don't know if are represented in the NFL. Wait, what did he say? Again. Yeah. What colors, black and purple, are represented in the NFL? That's the Ravens. It's the Ravens. That's wrong. What? We're talking about every player's girlfriend. Oh, oh the, Jesus. The, the Riddler. Jesus Christ. NFL Riddler. All right. Well. The fuck? That's just gonna be a that's gonna be a call that we get here every once in a while on the okay. show. Did you, you you guess Ravens too, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. But Jesus. he was he, he was referencing the uh, yeah I got it spousal spousal abuse yeah. that occurs in the NFL regularly. Yeah. All right, the NFL Riddler. <laughs> yeah, the NFL really, Riddler. He's, really, he's called really it, thought that through. He's called in multiple shows <laughs> now. Good for him. All right. Next uh, next voicemail. Hey Eric, first time, long time, love the show. My name's Oliver. Now, uh, we know since we're listeners that, you know, you're Army Brat. you got a couple of different favorite teams. Uh, but I just want to know, what do you think of the Washington Commanders? Do you like the name Washington Commanders? We already talked about this. Yeah. Well, what, what would you have chosen for the name of the Washington football team? Anyway, just love the show. Uh, yeah. Um, yep. Uh, I can't tell if that's a real person or not, but uh, I, what Dol- I, he said it sounded like he said Dolliver. Is, uh, I think it's Oliver. I think it's Oliver. I, th- I think it's Oliver. It sounded like he said. Um, yeah, uh, what, give, what, me, give me. Let's pitch out our names for Washington. You had said Washington. the wig. I mean, the wigs. It, it, you clearly had thought that through because I had not clear. thought that through. Oh, really? but that's a great name. It should, I would love the Washington wigs. First of all, instantly every fan is wearing old powdered wigs. Yeah, so funny. It, it's. It's like crazy how they didn't do that. That how funny would that be to go to games, look around the the crowd, and see everybody in a fucking old timey wig? I, yeah. it's crazy they didn't think. Of, and that you know what it is. It and just the wigs shows, were still around when they were when they were slaughtering Native Americans, so you could keep the Native American keep, stuff and it, too. It could be a is, wink, wink to all your. Uh, <laughs> you know. And then uh, the Warthogs, I thought would be cool because they had used to have an indoor soccer team called the Warthogs. I think that'd be a nice little homage. But to, here's the uh, problem with it: it's like the wigs is so inventive, and it makes sense for the for the city. Like yeah. these random, the fact that it's the Washington Commanders because I guess it makes sense because the commander in chief or whatever. But it's Ew. like it's yeah. it's just fucking lame. It just you know what it screams? It screams a room full of people pitching out on ideas. You know, somebody in there pitched out something as fun as like the wigs. 
And everybody was like, oh, that's really funny, man. I like that. But, no, you know, let's get serious. You know, it was one of those Fuck responses. You, let's get serious. Like that type You've of won response. one playoff yeah. game in 22 yeah. years. Yeah. You're not serious. You should you never been the take Wigs. yourself as serious. All right, well, yeah. look, Oliver, we, we're going to land on Washington Wigs. Yeah. Let's, uh, next call. Yeah. Hey, Eric, it's me, Bill Clinton. I just wanted to call and say you're doing a great job on the podcast. Uh, also, uh, I think you uh, nice. left your wallet on the plane back from that island we went to together. Oh, oh uh, pedophile you know island, the yeah. One. Give oh, me a call. I'll get it to you. Well, I guess now is as good a time as any to come clean. I Jesus, spent Aaron. a lot of time on Jeffrey Epstein's island. Yeah. But I was I was just uh, – I was – playing drums for like the band oh okay yeah I i'm would, sure they'll understand that and i hope so yeah well anyway you know when the when we'll the, put that on your tombstone when they find you in your jail cell <laughs> suicided i like suicided is a new way to say yeah committed suicide. Well, that's what they said well no they say suicided is like what they they say because it's like that's what the cia does to everybody they it's suicide like, you yeah they suicide you it's like oh, mm. kill themselves well uh Dark, dark stuff on the show. I want to say for the Washington, I think in terms of like fun, just go with it. They should have been like the racists or something. Like it should have just been the Washington racists or the like. Just, just go with, <laughs> just go in the direction of like whatever. Like you know, you just lean into, lean yeah, into, just lean into it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, bringing the backup to you. <laughs> And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the Super Bowl. Yes. Here's my question for you, brother. What team is going to be next year's Cincinnati Bengals? What underseason team this year is going to take the big leap in 2022-3? Yeah. Love the show. Right, that's, a, that's Chief Bonesaw from the Spider-Man movie? the character Chief Bonesaw. <laughs> From the first, from one of the, to, the Tobin Wires. Yeah, Spider-Man. from the first Spider-Man Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. So it's about 14 years wow, old Wow, that's great that he to call, had took time to, out of his uh, It's crazy because the actor that played him is dead. Yeah. So, so to get that, to still get the character in. Yeah. Solid. Pretty incredible. Who do you think is going to be the surprise team I mean, I year? want it to be the Giants. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that Daniel Jones is actually really good. I th- I've, he's shown flashes of brilliance. I hope that the Giants put together a team that gives him an actual chance to shine and that he'll be like one of the toughest quarterbacks of all time. I mean, the hits he's taken, I, I don't know. That would be my, my dream. What, what do I like honestly think will be the team that'll, that'll yeah. pull it off? Um. I'm trying to think of like it. I mean, I guess I would. Well, what are we saying? Like the like loserish, like the most losses. A team or? that was really bad, really that could mad? go to really good. I'll tell you mine, man. I think Detroit could get better really quickly. They have a ton of picks, and I think they have a good culture on that team. So I would. If, I mean, if you're really saying Bengals, Bengals were like well under. I think they had four wins last year. Yeah. So if you if you you had to go to like the bottom five teams in the league, Detroit's got the best chance to be there. You know team. what? Could, who could actually would be um, uh, could be the Jaguars. I do think Trevor Lawrence uh, has shown moments of yeah. being able to have that. He could make that turn. And it's not like Doug know, Peterson hasn't done it before. He got hired as the coach of the Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah. You looked at me like you didn't know. Um, if this was a video podcast, yeah, people would be with like, me. Well, yeah, yeah. But it, it to them, it just felt like a silence. Well, I'm terrible with names, so sometimes I'm like, I need to like 
Doug Peterson was the coach that yeah. the Eagles won the Super Bowl with. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you got Jags. I got I got Lions. Yeah, I would I would say I mean, the Jags to me would be the most fun because they're just they're just the worst. I don't know. I would rather be the Lions than the Jags. I feel like. Yeah. We only have we only have two more. So let's uh okay. let's wrap this up. I don't want to get you out of here before an hour. His eye, the NFL Quizler. Oh. The NFL Riddler is my cousin. Okay. Oh. I have a question for guest Rob Stern. What the hell? Again, I have a I guess question he, for your He knew you were going to be on the show. Rob That's so crazy. Stern. How would he know? What does the abbreviation MVP stand for? It's oh, easy. I repeat. Yeah. What? Does the abbreviation MVP? You really want you to hear the question? For? Yeah, I guess mo- most valuable player, right? That's wrong. <laughs> How do they it mean? actually means might violate parole. Oh, <laughs> sounds like another reference towards the. I do like how half your show is quiz questions, <laughs> where the answer is something totally insane. All right, and yeah. we have uh, we have one more left here. Uh, one more. Hey, this is Christian from the Washington, D.C. area. I was wondering, how did you feel about the Super Bowl? And if you think that Joe Burrow is going to make it back to another Super Bowl? I definitely think Joe Burrow's going back. Is to Matthew that. Stafford going to stay with <laughs> the Rams? Or is he going to retire? What? Why would he retire? Christian from Washington, D.C., why would he retire? Uh, I, uh, yeah, think, Joe, uh, yeah, I mean, if Joe Burrow yeah. didn't make it back to another Super Bowl, I'd be blown away. He is like playing like a future Hall of Famer. He really looked like the the better quarterback tonight. And it, it was, yeah. you know, I mean, up until, you know, the fourth quarter, basically, you know, after he got injured. It was, it, yeah. so I, I would be blown away. Yeah, Matthew Stafford, obviously, like they still have the same, most of the same team. They're going to be able to make a good run for it next year as well. Um, I think the Rams have like a two-year window here. Where with all their players before they get old, where they could win another one, and then obviously they're going to suck because they. Well, traded who are they going to? Every... Who are they going to lose next year? Probably. I don't think anybody. I think everybody's yeah. on contract for at least. Is Odell coming back next year? I mean, no, I don't know I don't, about that. Yeah, that'll be. Yeah. I mean, the way he was crying those tears when Oof. he got injured. I mean. That was. That was the most underrated story from the Super Bowl this year. I would say he gets gets he gets one touchdown, gets injured. It felt like all is lost, and then he still they still get the win, justifying his you know decision to come to the Rams and yeah. the fact that he contributed to the win, even though he he he's an ing, ending injury in the Super Bowl. You said it really well. It's like he's contributing to the team even when he's not making catches because of how much attention he draws. That was what and I was so it. when I saw him on on the Browns, I just I was like, I've seen this guy. I've watched his career obviously because I'm a Giants fan. Watched him from the beginning and every time I was like, he is the perfect weapon to just have run giant wheel routes and fucking post routes and just every time he's going to be a distraction and you open know up the field and I, then every other time and then and then three to four times a game he'll actually be able to get open down deep yeah it reminds me of deshaun jackson in his prime where he was like he would have three or four catches a game but he would average 25 yards a catch and every third game he would catch a 50 yard bomb yeah and you'd just be like 
just doing that made Macklin open for the slants and the little skinny post and yeah. the outs. And it opens up the whole offense because you have to have somebody that can beat you deep every time. And you saw it the second he got injured. They you just saw what happened. The defense it was just, in, yeah. okay, we don't need to worry about any of these guys except for Cooper Cup now. But it. then Safford and Cup, just like Power whatever, team, they man. just made eye contact on the sideline. I and was sitting there at the end, and I felt so much stress. It really does. I cannot... Something so far away from me is the ability of these people to perform at that level and under that level of pressure. I don't understand physically how they're able to handle it. If I could, I, could, I was literally, I was getting up off the couch. I had to like walk around the room to like relieve some of the stress of like watching this thing. You know, if I had to compare it to something in our field in comedy, it would be mm-hmm. like going on America's Got Talent knowing you were going to lose. <laughs> anyway, that's been our segment. Bring in the backups voicemail. Derek. Rob, thanks for coming on the show. Tell, thanks for having me. Tell, before you leave, tell my listeners, I've never seen somebody so prepared to leave. <laughs> you were like really ready to go. Uh, before, before you burst through my wall with a human-sized hole, uh, you want to tell the listeners where they can follow you, support you, what you have going on? Um, yeah, you find me on uh, uh, the Rob Stern. That's T H E R O B S T E R N. At all social media is also therobstern.com. We'll have everything as well. Um, yeah, I post uh, my perf- where where I'm performing and uh, anything I got coming up will be on there as well. And check out uh, my TV show. It's called uh, Adventure Beast on Netflix. And that's it. Could you spell the word the again for my audience, just in case I didn't catch it the first time? Well, it is, it's, it's, I don't know, the Rob Stern. I've had to spell it out for people before, so. Yeah, and it's not. But the, you're right, I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> Thanks, you, you found out that I have a Cajun audience, and you're like, let me spell the word the for these peons. Uh, look, thanks for coming on the show. Now, from at this point, we're going to hop into our, uh, I'm, I'm interviewing another guy for Hell the back yeah. end of the show who's a Bengals fan. Oh, awesome. Andrew Paulson. So, you know, we'll see how he's doing. Yeah, that's rough. But thanks for coming on. Congratulations for the Rams victory. This year, this is your second time on the show, I think. Yeah. I mean, Liz has been on like 30 times, but you and Brad Stoll are the only like full-time guests that I'm not married to that have been on more, multiple times. That's great, man. So there you go. Yeah. Get some better guests. Get some, what, you're, a, you're a writer on Adventure Beast. <laughs> I got a I got a Netflix writer. I'm sitting on my couch. That's that's a get for this show. Oh, okay. Thank you. You I can't are, take a compliment. Just let me. Yeah, dude, you're a writer on yeah, a show. Yeah, right, I mean, that's right, that's right, a real right. it's a real thing. I love being on your show. It's really fun. I love listening to it. It's a great great podcast. Okay. But why do you, why are you holding a gun? All right. <laughs> thanks for coming on, buddy. See you soon. Hey, hope you enjoyed the first interview on our show. Hope you're having a good post Super Bowl. Week, You know, it really is a holiday. In fact, let's listen to what Bruce Springsteen has to tell you uh, after after some uh, some unhealthy eating during the Super Bowl. All right. There you go. Thanks, Bruce. Now, before we get to our second interview with Andrew Paulson, a writer from American Horror Story and a Cincinnati Bengals fan, you know, we wanted to give you a little bit of both. We gave you Rob. He's happy the Rams won. But now you get the the sharp, the sharp tears of a Bengals fan for the second half of the show. But I do want to say before that, make sure to check out Rob's show, Adventure Beast, on Netflix. Very funny animated show. 
And then I also want to encourage everybody to call into the show here. Leave me a voicemail at Bringing the Backups. It's there for you guys, the fans. The phone number here, 323-716-6072. As you just heard with Rob, you can truly say whatever you the fuck you want on the voicemail. I do not care. But call in. I love to hear from fans. 323-716-6072. Did you guys hear me burp just now? It was like... It was kind of weird. Anyway, uh, also, I want to say this. If you have not yet, please do review this show five stars on Apple Podcast. I tell you, no joke, when two or three people review the show, I see the numbers go up. It does a thing in the algorithm that I could not understand or I'm not smart enough to explain to you, or but I, I just know that I see the numbers. So please do me a favor. If you have not, right now, if you have an iPhone, if you have iTunes, Please review this show, five stars. Write something nice that you like about the show. I would really, really appreciate it. With that said, let's get to our second interview with Andrew Paulson. Enjoy his music. That's going to take us in to the back half of the show. Look, man, it's the it's the sign of a real Bengals fan or any fan to wear after a horrendous defeat. Yeah, and not horrendous, I mean, not horrendous, and like it was a close yeah. game. You know what I mean? Like horrendous emotionally. Yeah. 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 No, I think the thing that this morning being in Cincinnati, waking up, being in the hotel, and just knowing that everybody last night after the game. Uh, was just kind of quiet and kind of, you know, I, I really didn't run across anybody who was too crazy last night. Like, I think after this game, people were just like, Ugh, and they just went home. Um, so I think this morning, everyone was just like, I think they had a little bit of time to process it. And people everywhere that I went, people were still wearing their Bengal stuff. So I was just like, well, I'm going to wear my Bengal stuff today. So. Yeah, man. Well, look, I, I appreciate you coming on. I was like, because sure. the other guy that's on this podcast, um, I, I interviewed him yesterday. He was like a Rams fan. And I was like, oh, there's okay. a solid possibility <laughs> someone's not showing up for one, their interview. Yeah. But I was happy that yeah. both of you were able to do it. And yeah, man. So I, I'm a little curious. By the way, I already started recording. That's fine. It's a that's highly fine. unprofessional podcast. There's no <laughs> intro. There's. I'll give you a chance to okay. look shit at the end. Oh, let me ask you this too. Uh, I listen to your I listen to your music. Uh, that oh, thanks. You sent me. Yeah. Uh, can I play you in with your own song? Are you cool with that? Sure. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, you can do that. And I'll definitely do that. And I'll keep in cool. this part where I get your permission before. All right, all right, great, great, great. <laughs> um, ta- are you from Cincinnati? Uh, I'm not from Cincinnati. I'm actually from I'm from Toledo, Ohio. Uh, born and raised and spent the first uh, 20, 22 years of my life in the state of Ohio and then moved west from there. But uh, yeah, the the family history of kind of, I don't know, football and everything that an area in that area, it's it's a uh, I don't know what you know of Northwest Ohio, but it's very heavy into college football. So usually the big thing in Toledo is Ohio State versus Michigan. 
And then there's all sorts of different fandoms when it comes to professional sports. Yeah. What about the Rockets? Don't you have oh, yeah. Toledo Rockets? So, yeah. So my, my parents uh, are both Rockets. They actually met at UT, uh, oh, University okay. of Toledo. And um, yeah, I think I went to a number of Rockets games like growing up and like I remember Bruce Gradkowski. I don't know if that name rings a bell with you, but Dude, he, you're uh, talking he a... to a guy who runs a podcast <laughs> about backup quarterbacks. Does Bruce Brad Bradkowski? Yes. Brad... <laughs> it's Bruce Bradkow. It's Radkowski. Gra- Gradkowski. Gradkowski. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's been a backup on like every team in the NFL. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what about Bruce? Oh, just a solid all-around guy. Um, I mean, when he he went down to – he was with the Buccaneers and had some success there, and then he kind of made his way through the Browns, Steelers. I'm trying to remember which other teams. Patriots? I can't remember whether he ended up on the Bengals for a second. but Yeah, I want to say he was on the Patriots for a little bit. I always get him and uh, Brian Hoyer mixed up. Oh. <laughs> they feel like the same guy a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's 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 a good guy. Uh, he ended up opening, I think he at least opened one sports bar back in Toledo, not too far from like the campus. And um, I remember there was a guy who, uh, one one of the dads at the the high school I went to. I went to Toledo Christian High School in um, Northwest Ohio. But one of the guys there, he was involved with like a lot of the like campus stuff at UT, and so I think. He's like good friends with Bruce Gradkowski. And then I can't remember which punter. It was like one of the punters for the Denver Broncos. And then maybe he's with the Titans now. I can't remember. But anyway, there's there's been some interesting like NFL connections to, yeah, yeah. to Northwest Ohio. So because, yeah, because also uh, other other former Rocket. Um, can't think of his name now. He's in the Browns. He's a very big name. He was with the Chiefs. He got cut. Cream uh, Hunt. Why can't I think of his name? Yeah. Yeah. Cream yeah, yeah. Hunt. Look, man, we could talk Mac football. Yeah. <laughs> because I, you're not going to find a bigger defender of Mac football. I mean, yeah. I, Tuesday night Maction is one of my favorite things in the world. It's, uh, I mean, it's hilarious how, uh, <laughs> how bad some of those teams are. But also, like, like, I really, I like that they're all so close. I did a comedy festival in Akron, and I didn't realize, like, all those Ohio schools are like everything's within like two and a half hours of each other. Yeah. Like the, I feel like the rivalries there are pretty legit. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I also, one of my favorite things was finding out that uh, Eastern Michigan plays seven miles away from Michigan. So yeah. It's literally like, oh, there's, a, like I looked up the Google directions. It's two turns. You like yep. make a right out of Eastern Michigan Stadium. You go seven miles. And it's like the mecca of college football right there. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you know, Eastern Michigan has a pretty good uh, stadium. I don't oh, know that it's oh. ever been filled up to the gills, but uh, I went there a couple of years ago. Uh, so I, I'm a Kent State grad. Okay. A Golden Flash. So when you were talking about Akron, Akron was our, our division rival. Yes. Um, the Wagon Wheel. That's the, the rivalry name for that. But um, yeah, I went up to the Eastern Michigan Stadium. And I, I know you said we could talk next stuff all day, but. Yeah, Eastern Michigan is actually factory. A pretty, cool, factory. pretty cool place. Yeah, that gray field, it's amazing. And they, I don't know, I, I just, I really appreciate when people have a sports complex where everything's together and their football stadium is right next to their um, basketball arena. Yeah. Because 
you get to Kent State, you have Dick Stadium, which is like a good two, three miles, or maybe it's not that far down the road, but it's pretty far away from the Mac Center where Antonio Gates used to play uh, basketball. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Like, I, yeah, you, you're definitely from a. Uh, that's a part of the country that I like a lot, and I, I, I've, I feel I'm, I've gotten really into college football in the last three years, and I think it's because I think that's why I like the Mac so much because a lot of the NFL feels so kind of like sterilized, almost like everything looks the same. Half the teams play indoors now. It's very like it's a very commercial league, mm-hmm. like Disneyfied almost, and. Compare that to college football, where like if you're watching like Maction on Tuesday nights, it's like one of the professors might have to play quarterback if two guys get injured. Like it feels like <laughs> yeah. a real, it feels like a as close to a pickup game as you're gonna get. Like there's something about the earnestness of it that I really enjoy. I liked it like during the broadcast, if one guy's loud in the crowd, you just hear him the entire time. Yeah. Like it's never it's never full enough to where one guy can't be the star of the broadcast if he really wants to be. Like that yep. to me is amazing. Yeah, it's it's really fun. And actually, one of the other things that's really fun about Mac football, I actually used to do some of the the broadcasts because we uh, we had a program at Kent State where students would actually be in the trailer, like doing all of the uh, local like broadcasts for Sports Time Ohio or for Fox Sports. Yeah. So being even even though because like. It's so fun, the camera angles that you learn that they use to hide that nobody is in the stadium. (laughs) And, uh, but you still, even being there when you can clearly tell that the only people there are the families of the, of the football players for both teams. It's just a great environment to be in. It's so, I don't know. It's so positive. It's kind of like what you're saying. Like any, you, you hear everything on the field. (laughs) Well, it reminds me of like, uh, cause I went to a D3 school. I went to a place called Christopher Newport. And for my freshman and sophomore year, the reason I went to the school is because I wanted to do sports journalism. And my girlfriend at the time, her sister was like a freshman there. And she goes, yeah, if you come here, you can cover the football team. There's nobody covering them this year. Like literally, it's just an open, like the end of the game ends and the coach waits five seconds. Nobody asks him a question and he leaves. So if you would like to come to this school, they need someone. So there's something about like those schools you go to where it's like, just go ahead and do it. Like, yeah, it's, this isn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody's watching this on ESPN nine. So go ahead. You're the, you're the guy. So it's nice to hear that. Like, uh, the Mac offers students those opportunities as well, where you can yeah, just, so, just hop in and, and get your feet wet doing it. So what, what was your favorite game that you got to call or that you got to cover for your, Oh, I mean, I I mean, I, we covered, uh, we played, uh, a team called Salisbury. That was like our rival. And, uh, it was just, it was, it was fun because there was towards the end of my freshman year, they let me go up. I I started working in the press box and that felt like a real, like, Oh man, I've really made it at, and it was, what was nice is for a D three school, a lot of people showed up to the games. Like the stadium could only fit maybe 4,000 people. But it was it was pretty packed. So when you're in the press box and like you would hear the roar from the game, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm really pursuing. And then you would, you know, you'd find out the analytics on the website where you posted your article was like seven people read this. You're like, okay, it's not really (laughs) that big a deal. But in the moment, it feels like a big deal. So that was definitely I I remember there was a really good game with Salzburg at the end of the season that I had a good time 
And then I got, and I remember getting sick of it too. I also remember sophomore year being like, yeah, I think I'm done with sports journalism, but I'm, I got to that conclusion a lot quicker, uh, having gotten to just do it fully as the only person at the school that was interested in it for, for my first year there. So with the, uh, I mean, I don't know, that, that's gotta be so cool though. Like having a, a packed stadium, it's kind of like, uh, you go to some of these towns where it's like, everybody cares about the high school football team. Cause I just, uh, I don't know. I, I think again, going back to the Mac football, I think that there's so many games you go to where you don't get the full, like the full experience where people actually care about all the games. So yeah, that's really exciting that you got to be a part of that. Absolutely, man. Um, do you, you said that when you're where you live, the football was all over the place. Do you mean like spread out between Bengals, Browns? Like, are there other teams competing for this? There's like one team regionally in Akron. It feels like people like different teams based on like the difference of 20 miles in either direction. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. I think that you have a ton of people that are Lions fans because Toledo's only, you know, 50 minutes away from that territory. And then you've got all the Browns fans. And then when Ben Roethlisberger entered the league, there were all these people in Finley and then Toledo by proxy. Finley is like 45 minutes south of Toledo. Yeah. And so then you started getting all these Ohio fans that were claiming Steelers. And then Bengals are down the road. Colts are also pretty close by. They started being successful with Peyton Manning. So it's a pretty competitive area. And, um, I, I think it took a while for me to even meet like another person in Toledo that was actually a Bengals fan. I think it was pretty much, yeah. I was the only one wearing a Chad Johnson jersey back then. Dude, of all the teams to stick with, sometimes when the team is so bad, it's easier to stick with them because it just becomes a part of your identity almost. Like I like the Eagle, I'm an Eagles fan. And when I was a kid, the Eagles were terrible. And you're just like, no, no, now, I, now I'm too far in. Like I've seen them lose too badly for too long. And and it, I don't. Do you ever feel like? Uh, I mean, did you ever know somebody that like was a Bengals fan and then switched? And like, did you did you have any of those people like kind of front runner friends or anything like that? No, I I was. I mean, most of the people that I grew up with that were watching like pro football and had had their teams, they pretty much uh, stuck with them. But I think it was like, yeah, like once I hit college. In particular, everyone pretty much since then has stayed diehards. I had an interesting thing with my family because when it comes to the whole Browns thing where, you know, the franchise left the city and they, you know, went to Baltimore. um, My uncle used to be a Browns fan because he uh, was like, but went to college in Ohio, was living in Ohio, but then the team left and then he ended up moving uh, with my cousins, you know, and and, uh, the rest of my family over to. Western Pennsylvania to Greensburg, which is, you know, just outside of Pittsburgh. So they became Steelers fans. So it's like interesting to see, you know, we have like all these old family photos where he's like wearing brown sweatshirts and stuff. And even like as a kid, I had like a hand-me-down Steelers, you know, sweatshirt. Which yeah, yeah. Anytime I see that picture, it just makes me cringe. But um, the, yeah, the amount of people that like, especially with Ohio football, like, or even like, I've got some friends who are Lions fans that like, it doesn't matter. Like through thick or thin, they stick with it. And but then you have some people that they saw Tom Brady in their first Super Bowl that are you know in Northwest Ohio. Yeah, yeah. I have one friend in particular who's a big Patriots fan, and then 
by proxy a Buccaneers fan now. But um, yeah, it's not it's not easy sticking through because uh, I, I so I started watching the Bengals. I, I I I was actually the one who brought the Bengals into the family. My grandpa or my great grandpa was a huge Lions fan. So like my first like memories of like NFL stuff are like uh, watching you know lion the Lions lose on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. But I always rooted for them, and I think that's where my appreciation for the Bengals came because I saw like the 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 game that turned me into a Bengals fan. Uh, it was like 2003. Um, Bengals were up against the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs. They were nine and zero at the time. The Chiefs were, and this was Marvin Lewis's first year uh, as the Bengals head coach. And they would just come off of, you know, horrible season. Dick LeBeau, who was later, you know, he was like the defensive genius behind the Steelers for a few years. Yeah. Uh, he was the head coach and the Bengals were awful. But they, they drafted Carson Palmer. I think it was the 2003 draft that they got him. Palmer didn't start. It was John Kitna. But they somehow pulled out this, this victory against the undefeated Chiefs. I, I happened to be watching football that Sunday. And ever since then, I was just like, I care about the Bengals. <laughs> and the following season, they had like that incredible game against the the Browns, which to this date is the highest scoring uh, game in the mo- like in the modern NFL. The the Rams and um, Chiefs almost overtook it. You know, a couple of years ago, they had that shootout in L.A., um, which was a pretty awesome game. But um, yeah, it's like cool to see because I, I I knew that. You know, there was all this pain from the 90s um, and you covered it great, you know, on, on the podcast where you're talking about Jeff Blake. Um, so I, I didn't have to go through that, but there's enough of like the connection of like learning the history of the team and about those Super Bowl runs. And and then, you know, going through the Marvin Lewis era, which was like very exciting, but also so uh, I, I always like to joke with my Browns friend, uh, Browns friends that the difference between being a Browns fan and a Bengals fan is that we got to watch one extra loss each year. Um, but man, that the Marvin Lewis, I, I feel like time slowed down. Like he was the coach for 17 seasons or something, but it felt like 34. Like as, as I don't know, it was, what, what was his, his, Oh, was it Owen seven in the playoffs or Owen eight or something yeah. like, yeah. Owen seven. I, 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 yeah, I guess I'm like, I appreciate that they stuck with, the coach, because I feel like the, mo, usually my feeling is that the it's they have too quick a uh, you know they too quickly get rid of guys, but then he's like he's like that one like outlier where you're like how did he how do you go eight playoff games without winning one and keep your job? But I don't know he I guess like I guess maybe their mentality was like it's better than what it was before he got here you know. Yeah, I I, I think I really think it was that, and also. He had a really good relationship with Mike Brown, with their owner. Yeah. And the one thing that I didn't, yeah, it's like the thing that I didn't necessarily appreciate uh, when Marvin Lewis was the head coach was that consistency. Because you look at the the Browns and, you know, how many coaches got fired within the amount of time that, you know, Marvin Lewis was in Cincinnati, even though, you know, he wasn't known for making uh good second half adjustments for the team when it came to, you know, working with his coordinators on a game plan, at least there was that consistency in personnel and kind of what they're going to try and do in the draft and 
it definitely it took a long time for them to actually start you know spending money in free agency on the right players i don't know if you remember um there was the season that they signed antonio bryant to a ridiculous deal it was like worth 21 million dollars <laughs> and then he like got injured and they realized he was never going to be able to play a game so he like walked away with a seven million dollar like signing oh, bonus so- it's like the worst free agency deal ever um and then it reminds me yeah. there was a the the sixers signed uh uh, Kevin Bynum or Andrew Bynum uh, from the Lakers. And it was, he never played. He injured himself bowling and it started the process for the Sixers. They were like, you know what? Why don't we just win three games in four seasons and try to get every draft pick? But it was, that was it. It's like you, you fuck up on a huge free agent deal like that, especially when you're not a destination city that can like make up for it. It's like, it's, it's kind of hilarious that the Bengals, they, that was their one shot to be like, all right, look, we don't spend big, but this one's going to work out. And then it's, of course, like the worst one in, in the league for 10 years. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, it's poetically hilarious. But look, but it's, look, but it's also, oh sorry, you oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say the one thing that was kind of cool is that we had a number of signings that, you know, in some ways they, they ended up biting us in the butt, like Pac-Man Jones great signing in the sense that like he actually did, he made some huge plays for us over the years, but then, you know, 2015 season, him and, um, Fontes perfect, like completely destroyed our shot. They they got a little wild there in 2015. Oh my God. Perfect is like such a hilarious reference for, (laughs) for anybody. He's like, I mean, who's more famous. The other thing is like, if Vontez perfect was in the NFL 30 years ago, people would be like, Greatest defender of all time. Yeah, it was. But, <laughs> It'd be him and LT. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like it's like my dad, where I like I listen to him talk. I'm like, you are built for 30 years back. Like that's what Burfex's Ber- mentality of like, yeah, no, I'm gonna try to kill whoever has the ball. I'm gonna try to, I'll do the dirtiest thing I can do. That's that used to be what I mean. If you ever watch like highlights from like 80s football, it's like you know. Don Beebe for the Bills is running down the field and someone hits him with a lead pipe from the sideline. And yeah. <laughs> and Chris Borman's like, got him. <laughs> like, it's not, yep. there's no acknowledgement of like the dirty play. And like, that's all just considered part of it. So part of me, like when I watch or when I watch old perfect, it's, I know like the famous one is when he hit, uh, uh, oh, fuck the guy from the guy that just took his shirt off and, and ran out of the NFL. Oh, yes, yes, well, yes. Why am yeah. I forgetting his name? Um, Antonio Brown. Yes, thank you. That's like the yeah. hit that it like, you know, cemented him as a dirty player. But yeah, man, I don't know. There's another time where uh, he's one of the greatest linebackers to play. So yeah, absolutely. I th- didn't they just like, he straight up got kicked out of the league. I think they were just like, yeah, yeah. you cannot, you, you just can't be in the NFL. You just can't stop yourself. Yeah, he he got suspended for X amount of games. I can't, you know, I don't even, I don't even remember now actually how his tenure in the Bengal, you know, in Bengaldom left. Uh, I know that a lot of our players though, usually like the old, you know, the thing that happened with a lot of our players, if, if they were too dirty for the Bengals, they went to the Raiders next. <laughs> the Raiders kind of were, it's like the Bengals were a dumping ground for, you know, has-beens, and then they all ended up with the Raiders. It feels yeah, like. well, well, Palmer did that. 
Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm glad he got that chance. Sorry, I I, I could talk all day about Carson like, Palmer classic stuff. I know you probably want to get to the Super Bowl stuff. We talked, but... dude. What it's it's such a non uh, unplanned show. I mean, who cares? Now, when you say he got the opportunity, you're not talking about his Raiders opportunity. You're talking about his Cardinals opportunity, because he. Well, I mean, I think you know, if it weren't for Hugh Jackson with the like. If it weren't, which, you know, Hugh Jackson in, in the news, you know, again, recently. But if it weren't for Hugh Jackson, uh, we wouldn't have gotten those first round picks that would have gotten us. I'm trying to remember who we ended up uh, getting. We got, I'm trying to remember what's, man. Basically, Hugh Jackson was the one who made the trade with, with Mike Brown happen because Mike Brown was sticking to his guns. He's like, okay, Carson Palmer, if uh, if you're done with Cincinnati and you're going to retire, like you're going to stay retired. And if you try, ever try to come back, you're coming, you're playing for Cincinnati. Um, it was kind of like, uh, you know, when Barry Sanders retired, he was like, he was retiring for the Lions and he was just like, you know, I, th- I've done what I can do. And Palmer was kind of like at that point. But then Hugh Jackson somehow sweet talked Mike Brown because he he you know used to work for the Bengals. He was one of the uh, coordinators there, yeah. and Palmer got his chance. Obviously, he didn't do well or as well as he could have in, with the Raiders. But then getting to the Cardinals, I was really happy that he actually like had the shot, like playing with Larry Fitzgerald. And I'm trying to remember who the running back was then was was it David Johnson? Or that might who, have been who, who before David Johnson's time. It was before. Okay, yeah, I can't. I can't think of who. Yeah, you kind of sound like the way Lions fans sound about Stafford now. Everybody's about everybody's Stafford. using the Rams yeah. winning as a chance to shit on Detroit, and it's like I don't hear Lions fans being like, "Fuck that guy!" Like they're like, "Hey man, you tried. Your watch has ended." <laughs> you know, they, they they've had three great players in Detroit in the last you know thirty years, and two of them couldn't take it anymore and quit and never went anywhere. I think they were happy to see him win. You know. Absolutely. I, think, I mean, oh, like, sorry, you go, you go. No, no, you go. <laughs> I, no, I, no, I was going to say, just to put it back on the Bengals and, and to bring it into current day. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's like you got to, you know, you want to capitalize every opportunity you get. You're in the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter that you're the underdog. So, you know, whatever. There's no moral victories in the Super Bowl. But I think you guys, I think Burrow's going to go back. I mean, if he didn't go back, I think it's going to end up being. Marino esque because he has that kind of star power to me where I'm like, this dude's going to be competing at a high level for like over a decade. I mean, he's just so, he's so good. And the fact that they're playing with like a backup offensive line and got all the way to the Super Bowl, got through the one and two seeds on the road. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, what, what do you think the vibe is amongst the Bengals fans now? Like, obviously, you just lost, but. Do you think people are still feeling optimistic? Like, what's the what, what's the tone? Yeah, I, I think I think everyone's optimistic. I think the thing that was really difficult is that there there's always the sense of immediacy that it's so difficult to get back to the stage of the Super Bowl to get back to finally, you know, get get the get the monkey off their back of like having those losses against the 49ers back in the 80s to just kind of be like finally the you know. The, the small market Cincinnati team is like winning against the world. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what this championship felt like. And so to have that fade away in the fourth quarter, also like, 
with, I mean, it, it is what it is. Cause we, you know, when it comes to the officiating, the, the uncalled face mask grab yeah, on, yeah. on the T Higgins touchdown, like that, like I sort of forgave that, <laughs> that horrible call against Wilson because he clearly, you know, that I was just, he, he played the ball well. And for that to get flagged on that fourth and one, that was, that was really, that was really hard. It feels like a makeup But in, in a way I kind of, I kind of believed in kind of like, okay, yeah, sometimes officials, they make one play, but they blow another one. Um, so I, I, I think like that 90 or 85 seconds left. I mean, maybe the last, the, the, the games before that, I was like, oh, well, they're going to score a touchdown. They're definitely going to kick a field yeah. goal. Like, or no, it was, they need a touchdown. They need a touchdown. But I was like, yeah, that's obviously going to happen. There's no way. Yeah. They're not getting in the end zone. So I was, I was more surprised that even with the Rams defense and Aaron Donald playing out of his mind in the second half, I mean, yeah, I was still surprised that the Bengals didn't, didn't score on. I thought that was going to be yeah. how the game ended. Yeah. I, I, I was looking at all like the kind of, you know, Monday morning analysis of everything. And there there's a uh, footage of, uh, Jamar Chase being wide open. He actually beat Jalen Ramsey on that final play when uh, when Burrow got sacked. Yeah. Um, if he had just a split second longer, that would have been a touchdown there. Um, it, it actually it wasn't on the final play. It was on the the third down because the the final play was when he was getting hit and he basically did that awkward um, fumble forward throw yeah, that yeah. did not get caught. Um, but yeah, it's just like the little moments like that. And it's like what you were saying. It's like, it's all about our, you know, offensive line, which, you know, I really, really hope we seek the best. I mean, I really hope we get the best offensive linemen that are available in free agency. I haven't started going through like the whole list of who is actually going to be available in the league, but yeah. I really hope we make some good free agency signings. Yeah, you had that guy that was uh was it Wadsworth, Wits Whitsworth, whatever. The guy Wh- yeah, Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, oh, fucking yeah. traitor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. I, you feel the same way. I, You're like, no, no, I'm happy for him. I feel like you can't yeah. you feel happy for him. Yeah, I do. You think he I earned do. his he, he earned his respite from Cincinnati. Absolutely. Yeah. Um I think that yeah, it's like in the same way that Stafford just needed the right opportunity. I think that Whitworth in particular, having gone through, again, all of those playoff losses, protecting, you know, Carson Palmer for a couple of years, then Andy Dalton, and then just needing to go to, to greener pastures. I totally understand that. Yeah. Well, you're a better person than I am. When people would leave the Eagles, <laughs> I'd be like, rot in hell, yeah. Jim McMahon. Yeah. No, not. The, the the one the one free agency thing that I that I really missed this year was not having Gio, Giovanni Bernard in our backfield. I think if we had the one two punch of of Mixon and Bernard again, you know, would that have made the difference in this game versus like having uh you know Perrine in there as our you know third down or other down yeah. back? I thought Perrine had a shot at that the the weird throw. He was he was kind of like he was yeah. a little flat footed. That's not obviously I don't think he's expecting to get mm-hmm. the pass off but like he was kind of there yeah yeah it was really close it was really close and i yeah i mean just 
It's so hard. Last night, so af- after the game, you know, I, I walked around downtown Cincinnati because I just wanted to see kind of what was happening. And for the most part, everyone had just kind of dispersed. There were still people hanging at bars. There was, you know, da- so there, there's this area in between Paul Brown Stadium and Great American Ballpark uh, called the Banks. And they had these huge LED screens set up there for crowds to stand out. And even though it was like, I think it was like 18 degrees and with the wind chill and everything, it was probably closer to single digits at certain parts of the game. But there were people packed there to the gills, um, you know, drinking and having a good time. But everybody got out of there within like an hour after the game. And everything, I, I, I was just walking around and I just kept getting these waves and waves of just feeling all that disappointment and all the, I don't know, it was just, it was such a close game. and. I, I really wish that we could have really wish that we could have made it happen, but I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going back into it. It's like, okay, Andrew. Stay with I'm, just, I'm just getting pulled back into Stay it. With us. Listen, this is part, this is why I wanted to have a Rams fan and a Bengals fan on this. I, this is the first episode. I told my first guest this too. This is the first episode. I haven't had a backup quarterback to talk about. Cause I'm like, I want to give both of these. Oh, is that, can you hear the reverb there? Right, maybe it's just him. Uh, I cannot. Okay, all yeah. good. Um, I wanted to give like the Super Bowl its due, and I wanted to hear from somebody who had to go through the loss because it's like I feel like it's yeah. an important part of fanship to be like, how do you respond? Like, do you, uh, you know, I wanted to hear somebody really sad and on the verge of tears, and I, I appreciate you coming on to provide <laughs> this for the audience. This is this is what it's about. Yeah. And and, yeah. and and you guys, you know. I, we can never say it, but I feel like you'll be back. He's only—he's he's yeah. a second-year quarterback. He's—I think he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks to play the game. He's going to be—he's top five in the league now. I would—I like. There's only there's a couple guys I would take in front of him now to start a franchise. So it'll be—it would be shocking if you guys aren't back in the next couple years at least. Yeah, it definitely—it definitely feels like. That, yeah, the, the consolation is everybody, there was nobody on the team after the game that said anything where they were like, I, I don't know, I just feel like in certain Super Bowls of past, there were, you know, key players that, you know, they would throw shade at a coach or they would throw shade at like a player not not filling their role. But every, everybody on the team is so positive and so happy to be in Cincinnati that I think as long as, you know, people are getting, you know, paid their proper due, I think people are going to stick around and I think there's a lot to build off of. So I was really, I feel, I feel very, very grateful today for, you know, making it as far as they made it. Well, let me tell you this, man. I'll, I'll just compare this to when the Eagles lost to the Patriots. Um, and T.O. at the end of the game was like, McNabb, this fat motherfucker was throwing up his Campbell's soup on the floor. Are you kidding me? I'm playing on a fucking broken ankle. You could just, you, you're watching it. You're going like, we're never getting back to the Super Bowl. Not with these yeah. guys. Like it was over oh. there. Like you saw that window slammed shut. And if your fingers are there, you lost your fingers. So like, at yep. least for you guys, it's like, it seems like the people on the team want to be there. It seems like people are bought in, you know, you got a young quarterback and there's not a lot of, uh, everybody seems to like each other for the most part. So that bodes, yeah, uh, yeah. like I said, it, it bodes well for the future. And I don't know, man, the AFC is going to be stacked. That's, that's the only, that's the part that's hard is you're like, there's going to be so many good teams in the AFC to get through, but 
it's a quarterback league. So the fact that you guys got Burrow, it uh, hopefully, like I said, I, I don't know. I just watched so many videos of Bengals fans celebrating the the kick to get into the Super Bowl. As like, I feel yeah. like I feel like everybody got deputized as like you know underdog Bengals fans in the last two weeks. So yeah. we feel your pain, Andrew. Thanks for coming on the show and, oh, and, yeah, and, and 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 you know bearing your soul to us. Before now, before we before yeah. we wrap up. Do do me a favor. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. I don't know why I'm saying it like this way. Uh-huh. Tell people that okay, listen okay. to this podcast where they can uh, support you. Oh yeah. Uh, so my Instagram is at aj paulson. That's p a u l s e n. Um, yeah, I've got uh, got some music up online. Um, I've got a short film that I'm going to be putting in a film festival film festival circuit here shortly. So, um, but yeah, just follow me on Instagram. Your uh, your film's great, by the way. I watched it. Oh, yeah, thank thanks you. for the password. Checked it. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I'm going to say this. <laughs> I hated it. Yeah. But that's that means it's good because I don't like horror. Like, okay. Mad. <laughs> like when it's done well, I go fuck you. Like I I don't like the feeling it gives me. And I had that feeling multiple yeah. times during yours. So that means it's probably oh, wow. good. Thank you. So it's great. And slash assume- fuck you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I, I mean, by the horrors, you're, I mean, that's your, you know, you were a writer on uh, American Horror Story. So that feels like your, um, your sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. Genre, genre stuff is real fun. Do you, uh, so what, why don't, why don't you like horror? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, 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 it's, uh, there's a line in the office where one of the care, it's like the, the uptight, uh, Angela character goes, uh, I hate being titillated. I, 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 I relate to that. I don't like the, I don't like the feeling of uncertainty. I don't like the, the jump scare scare the sh- like loud. I get mad. I don't know. It's a weird reaction. Li- like, like Liz was right. I mean, you, you know, my wife who my, my listeners know yeah. my wife. And when she was working on American Horror Story, she'd be like, new season's out. I'm like, I don't care. I will never, ever watch that show. I, I tried for like three seconds. And I remember like Dylan McDermott got stabbed. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. Nope. I think it was like the pilot episode. She was like, you got to try. I gave it literally <laughs> like two minutes. And as soon as he got stabbed, I was like, yeah, I would never. I can't. I'll have nightmares. It's It's fair. I, I, I understand how uh, traumatic horror can be, especially really gory stuff. So it's, it's not <laughs> one time I, in college, my friends took me to go see, uh, well, we all went to go see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I went because there was like a girl going that I liked and I wanted to like, you know, whatever, just hang out and press her. And the first dude that gets his leg hacked off while he's running away from the guy I just got up and walked out of the theater and was like, well, I guess I'm not going to sleep with that girl. Like, I'd rather just not. <laughs> I give up. If this is what it takes to impress this person, it, it's not happening. I can't I can't handle it. But anyway, like n- this isn't about me. The point is, it's a great film. It's going to do very well. Oh, thank you. Uh, enjoyed your music as well. I mean, at this point, you know, fans will have listened to it as it will be the uh, it'll be the intro to you coming onto the podcast. So the, mu- the music cool. will speak for itself. <laughs> Oh, and just one more thing to shout out before before we wrap things up. Uh, so I, I'm one half of a duo, and my uh, my good friend Ben Shepler uh, helped uh, make the song. He basically did all the instrumentation on the track, instrumentation, um, 
I'm the, the vocalist and lyricist. And also, if anybody ends up actually seeing the short film, which is called Home Buddy, uh, he did all the sound recording, the music, and the sound design for that film. So, anyway, Very cool, man. That's all I got to say. Well, look, <laughs> I've, I've got a, a small but dedicated fan base here, so I'm hoping they show you some love uh, online. Thanks for coming on the show. I, I do feel like this was not. Thank you for having me. I do feel like uh, this was this was tough in moments. I could. I was like, I gotta ask Andrew a question before he like spins off into oblivion here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely feeling a little dazed uh, today. But uh, thank you for hanging in. There Look, with man, me. when the Bengals go back, you know, assuming I haven't, uh, you know, quit doing this podcast, uh, you will obviously be the first guest on when they win. You know, that and means, and, and this will be like you know Rogan esque you know millions and millions of downloads the day of. By the time they win, you know next year, that's a, that's my growth plan for the podcast is to get about uh, two million more listeners every month than I had the the month previous. So by the time you know, even if it's next year, you know you'll be talking to uh, half the country. That I will take that. And also, congrats on winning the uh, the comedy contest, man! You had Thank comedy you. Contest. Like, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was cool. I don't know. I, uh, I I feel bad talking about a victory to you right now. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Well, know. I, feel like you know what? I was I was just glad that you know what I I, I may have not have won the Super Bowl, but you won the Super Bowl of comedy. So if cool. listen, and I really mean this, if if there was a choice between letting the Bengals win or me having won that comedy contest i obviously would have the Bengals lose every fucking time i need to win I, this is my career I'm trying to feed my family i'm just kidding but the question is would you trade an eagles win in a super bowl for the comedy how could you ask me a question like that <laughs> you put me in that position i don't know what i would do that's a good point i don't think i i probably Probably shouldn't shit on the festival I just won, but I'd probably let the Eagles win one. Yeah, the Eagles. Uh, I'd let the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it was a pleasure having you. Thanks, man. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to support us for free, there are many ways to do it. Start by subscribing on whatever platform you're currently listening on. If you're on Apple Podcasts, write a five-star review. And if you're on YouTube, like the video and leave a comment. On erichelwick.com, you can subscribe to the newsletter and click the track button to follow Eric's stand updates and never miss a show when he's in town. To support the podcast financially, visit the merch store via Eric's website. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next show. <laughs>